Welcome to the St Albans podcast, bringing you news, views and reviews for the city and district of St Albans. Welcome along to another edition of the St Albans podcast with Matt Adams and me, Danny Smith. Hello. Hello. You right? Yeah. So um, we have uh, a, a, another um, packed show. I mean, I don't know why we say packed because it's, I don't know. Did, did, is it, it packed? Well, it, I mean, it, it is what it is, you know? I yeah. mean, it, it fills the time, but the time is predetermined by the content. So it <laughs> <laughs> goes right the way to the end. <laughs> you know? But the end could be 10 minutes time. It could be an hour's time. It's, and how long do you think it is this time? probably nearer the hour than 10 minutes oh, okay but, but it's packed lots, oh yeah yeah lots of content yeah but equally if it were five minutes long it would have content all the way through it so it would be packed wouldn't it it's, yeah, i suppose so it's a, it's a, uh, perhaps i've overthought this already but uh, on the show today as well as matt talking about local news we have uh, from the um, communities first which used to be the volunteer center we have anna and she's talking about some uh, volunteering opportunities that are coming up uh, but uh, first uh, matt What's, what's happening in the local news? Right, well, um, it's the 25th anniversary of Youth Chalk, um, the uh, local mental health charity for youngsters aged 13 to 25. Um, and they had a, an, an event last week to celebrate the silver anniversary. Um, and they, you know, they, they've really, really found um, uh, demand has increased since the pandemic. Um, and now they're sort of setting a, a, a new target, really, for where they go forward. So um, last year they they had about four and a half thousand counselling sessions, and that was an increase in thirty two percent on the previous year. Now their five year strategy is sort of to, to doubling their service provision and reach twenty percent more people. So that's um, a, a, you know as they say an absolute mountain to climb. But you know y- young people are really really relying on them. And interesting that Daisy Cooper was one of the guests at this event, and she said she's regularly sent videos on social media of young people who are desperate for help with nowhere to turn. You know this is like they're at home and it's like eleven thirty at night and they're just crying and crying and crying. She said, you know, and she know because she knows about youth talk, she can signpost them. And I think that sort of you know highlights the importance of this service. Mm. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's such a valuable service, and we're very fortunate to have such a thing here in in St Albans. And and it's been, yeah, as you said, it's been helping young people now for twenty five years. And and uh, I'm sure that that a lot of people listening now might know of someone who Youth Talk has helped at mm. some point yeah. in their lives. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, there aren't many, you know, sort of equivalent sort of schemes elsewhere in the country. I don't think I, I've not come across any personally. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if it's a service that's in, in every area, which is, you know, hence it why I think be, that really. we're quite. You know, but we're yeah. quite fortunate that we do have this yeah. service here um and, and 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 as good as they are and as <clears throat> as many people as they reach you know that they, they they know themselves that they're only scratching the surface and they they want to do more and, and get out them even more so if they can that's it i think you know if if they had an infinite amount of money an infinite amount of counselors you know they'd, they'd probably still find themselves you know with with demand because i think it's never going to go away and you know the more that people are, become aware of them the more they think actually they could probably help me mm. yeah quite um so a very worthwhile um organization uh, they were the uh, one of the mayor's chosen charities for the last mayor of st Albans that we had and um and yeah there, there's there's lots and lots of different ways as well that people can get involved i suppose going to their website is probably the first place if you wanted to help or support them in some way yeah yeah i mean you know if, if you've got any sort of skills that could help out in volunteering a few hours a week you know it would be really useful yeah or or even just uh, if you're able to if, if you're able to fundraise in some way or, or, or you know something like that yeah i mean now things are sort of back up and running and you know that sort of major events you know you know, had the london marathon obviously last week and we got the hearts 10k yeah imminently you know this is the sort of organization that would really benefit from that 
because this the the service they offer is free isn't it to mm-hmm. the people who who use it yeah there is a there's a cleverer phrase than that is it <laughs> at the point of contact is it that mm-hmm. it's free i think it's what they say but i gather they've got quite a waiting list at the moment yeah massive waiting list so you know it, it's it's difficult but you know this is why they're they're really pushing this sort of message at the moment mm. um they want to see you know well at the moment they offer so 80 to 100 counseling sessions a week so you know that to increase that by um well to double that is is you know is very ambitious mm. okay well uh if you'd like to find out more about youth talk do check out uh their website you can find them online and uh they are uh i think it's youthtalk.org.uk there you go matt i was trying to look it up i didn't think you might have it at your fingertips there you go uh, matt adams uh, proving once again how uh, how adept he is at, at, at modern technology uh, but yes, uh, yeah. Congratulations to Youth Talk then on reaching this milestone of 25 years of of serving the young people of our area. With me now on the St Albans podcast is Anna from Communities First. Hello, Anna. Hi, Danny. Hi. So, uh, what are we uh, looking at this month? So this month we are looking to recruit some handy people for our handy person project so our handy person project helps to go out into vulnerable people um who might need some handy work doing such as lawn cutting or um light fitting changes diy assembly etc and we are looking for some volunteers that can help our handy person at the job or even maybe down the line complete the job on their own we're also looking for estimators who might go in to visit the client see what needs to be done and then feed back to our handy person facilitator okay so, so in the first instance, then you, you're you're sort of looking for people who can help out with the delivery mm-hmm. of the handy person services. Um, what sort of skills are you looking for? You know, is it just somebody who's just keen and willing, or do you need somebody with a little bit of experience, or, or, or what are you looking for? So, someone with a little bit of experience would be ideal. Um, however, if you're keen and able, feel able to do the job then contact us we're basically looking for someone who's got a positive attitude who's a good communicator who's friendly who has a little bit of time and is able to help with some of the following tasks such as for outdoor maintenance um gardening lawn cutting strimming hedge cutting weeding maybe jet hosing maybe grout filling with patios or laying patio stones but within reason um we don't do any height jobs, but maybe low-level cleaning of guttering. Um, we do have our handy person who would help. Um, so it's, you're there to support him um, or, or maybe in time do the job on your own if you feel confident and able to. And also indoor maintenance, such as uh, small carpentry jobs, such as DIY assembly, flat back furniture, maybe putting up picture hooks or window frame locks uh, maybe fixing small pieces of furniture uh, maybe painting um, general house decorating fixing sanding um, anyone who's got any experience in any of those things 
would be fantastic. Um, it is best that you 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 have got a little bit experience, but if you're if you feel able to paint a wall, then we'd love to hear from you. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a whole range of things there that you've just mentioned, and um, and there will be people listening who will have those sorts of skills that that they might think, well, do you know what, I'm not I'm not professionally trained or qualified, but I've been decorating at home for years, and I've been helping friends and family, and 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 you know, perhaps them getting involved with that sort of background would, would make them ideal to learn from your handy person how to um, you know how to do what's required. Exactly, and maybe maybe even pick up some skills along the way. So they might, you know, I've done loads of painting, never done any tiling before, and they might just learn a bit about how to do that. Exactly, exactly. Um, It's a great opportunity for anyone that just wants to to give back to their community a little bit. Um, A volunteer that we had who went out last week. Um, actually fed back to us that they enjoyed working with the handyman, that they were a very nice man and got on well. The client was delighted with the end result and I was pleased to have had been a part of helping. After speaking with the handy person coordinator, I agreed I would be happy to do other jobs within their locality and perhaps on their own to relieve the pressure of jobs. We are It's a very busy service. Um, so we are looking for volunteers, a pool of volunteers to help out. Okay. Uh, is there any kind of um, prerequisites as well? Like, do, do you have to have your own set of tools? Do you have to have your own vehicle? Um, what what sort of other things do you, would you might possibly need to do this role? Um, Tools-wise, we should be able to. Our handy person has tools. So um, obviously, if you have got your own then you might want to use them, but otherwise we we should have tools. Um, You might need to get to a location or potentially a handy person might be able to meet you somewhere and and potentially take you. But that's all discussions that we would have along the line. Okay. So that's not like if you didn't have your own vehicle, but you did have the time to commit to doing something like this, then then definitely get in touch because that can be worked out. Is that, is that right? Yeah, I think so, yes. Okay. And, and and another question that people might be asking, uh, how much time are you looking for somebody to commit? What, what's the minimum amount? Because I imagine that there comes a point where if somebody says, oh, I could give you half an hour every three months, it's not really worth your while. Um, we are flexible on, on that. Um, and we understand that as volunteers, you have your own time needs so i would just encourage you to have a conversation with us and we can see if we can work something out okay but you know again some people might be sort of thinking well you know what 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 are they looking for are they looking for one day a week are they looking for half an hour a month and i realize you're going to say well actually it could be a variety of things but could you kind of give us an idea of I suppose, what would the minimum be? Because I was talking to somebody recently who hasn't put themselves forward for any kind of volunteering role because they don't think they have enough time and they assume that you need a lot more time. And and I don't know if this person is reflective of others that perhaps have not taken the step into the world of volunteering. But but I, I do think for some people, they think, well, I just haven't got the time to do that. Whereas if you're going to say it's an hour or two once a month, somebody might think, I could do that. So... I'm hesitant to put a time scale on it because we are flexible. And if that's what you can do, then that's what you can do. Um, I would just encourage 
to have a conversation with us. There is opportunities of volunteering for all timescales, including micro-volunteering, which is just short periods of time um, as and when you can. Um, so have those conversations with us. Okay. So if somebody could only give a morning or an afternoon once a month, you would definitely want to hear from them? Yes. Brilliant. Thank you for that, Anna. Uh, the contact details for um, Anna and for, for all the things that she talks about uh, on, on the show here can always be found in our um, episode notes, uh, which you can find through the platform by which you're listening to this episode right now. You can also find it on our website, it's at albanspodcast.com. We'll have more from Anna a bit later. Hi, I'm Chris Aikman. Join me, local author Howard Linsky, and St Albans podcast producer Sam Rolfe for this St Albans Film Guide. Each week, one of us will guide you through the new releases at the cinema and on streaming services. We'll also give you our choice of the best films to watch on UK free-to-air TV for the forthcoming week. So if you're a film lover, join us for a chat about all things movie-related every week as part of the St Albans podcast. New episodes will be released every Friday morning, for more information, visit sorbonspodcast.com or find us where any good podcasts are found. We're back with Matt. What's next? Right, there's been a massive backlash um, following a public exhibition on plans for hundreds of homes on the edge of Harpenden. Um, we covered this story when it was first announced. Is Legal and General want to develop this uh, sort of greenbelt site uh, off Luton Road, um, north of the town, with 550 new homes, um, of which... Uh, 130 will be retirement living, 168 will be affordable. It's going to have a whole community hub with a restaurant and gym and all sorts of stuff. But, you know, the backlash has resulted in um, a campaign being formed, a uh, campaign group being formed, and the Harpenton Society is opposing it. Um, it's, yeah, there a lot of very outspoken um, local residents saying this, is, this would put massive and potentially unsustainable pressure on already uh, strained local infrastructure. Um, the uh, the the roads around the area will completely snarl up. Um, there's been no uh, pro- the LNG haven't properly answered um, any of the detailed questions that have been submitted to them, and they want to sort of create the impression it's a done deal. Um, you know, the affordable homes will still not really be affordable. A lot of these issues, uh, but thing is, like often these LNG just not you know they don't respond respond to any requests for comment. And I think they're going to, you know, go down that whole local plan route and, you know, try and push it through anyway. Mm. It, I, it's disappointing, isn't it? Because when they don't reply, that often indicates because they think, well, we don't need to. Because it doesn't, mm. we don't need to win public opinion over yeah. because we can just push this through anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a shame. It, it is also a shame, though, that, that sometimes it seems there's often, you know, these ideas and these initiatives which, which have pluses and minuses that there, there are great advantages to these schemes as well and 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 almost every time such a thing is announced there's already a, a support group set up you know there's a there's a pressure group you know it's a, it's as if like some of these people are waiting to to join the next yeah. one you yeah, know got the acronym ready yeah 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 <laughs> and and you, you, i don't know i mean it i once was at a public meeting in st Albans where there was very much a feel from the people commenting that that they wanted to work with developers on things rather than this whole adversarial thing mm. of we're going to object to that because because undoubtedly in this scheme there will be good things in it and well i mean in terms of you know providing much needed homes in the town it, you know we i think we all recognize that there's there aren't enough and yeah. that you know that people can't get their foot on the ladder but the, you know they're, they're sort of saying that you know this 
they were still won't be affordable for you know for, for first time buyers. Yeah. So it will bring in, you know bring in the people from elsewhere and, and not tackle the main problem. And that's a really good point because the whole thing of affordable housing it it's a it's a phrase that seems to be largely meaningless because yeah. because what is the definition of affordable yeah, it's housing? A small, it's a certain percentage off the market value. But if you've got a market value of a house of you know sort of. Seven hundred fifty thousand pounds, and they're selling it for six hundred or something. That it's still outside the, the you know the means of most first time buyers. Yeah, that, and that doesn't really constitute yeah affordable. It, it's yeah. So so it, I think they're very right to ask those sorts of questions. You know, and and also yeah the, the other questions that they would have. One would hope that the developers would would address those questions because you, one would hope they would have answers. But you yeah, also hope through yeah, the scrutiny yeah. committee, through the scrutiny process, that that those questions would also be asked of them more formally in a way that they have to reply. Well, I don't think a formal planning permission has been put in yet. So um, this is this was really, I think, you know, almost like lip service. So you know, here's here's some lovely artist impressions of what it's going to be like. You know how we're we're in. You know it's going to be like a fantastic local, uh, you know, mm. uh, community, and you know all these families are going to live there and enjoy the wide green spaces, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, I mean, it's it's you know, th- th- some in some ways these things are great. So f- was it five hundred and fifty new homes? Which is a staggering amount. Yeah, yeah, and and you know already like doctor surgeries are are bursting at mm. the seams, and dentists can't take new patients. And so, what are these developers going to do to alleviate those pressures? Mm. Do they just assume that the existing infrastructure can just take the strain? Yeah, it's all very nice building a you know um, a community hub you know in the centre. But it do- if it doesn't include those sort of things then you're going to struggle. And I think, you know, even if they put space for a dentist surgery, that, you know, there aren't enough dentists in the country as it is. Yeah, and, and, and it, must, it must form some kind of bigger picture thinking. It must be joined up in its thinking. Yeah, which is what local plans are all about. And this is the problem, you know, that's what they're, they're supposed to be, a blueprint for future development and all and t- ticking all those boxes. But without one, then... You know we're we're in trouble. Mm. Okay. Well, well, we'll see what happens there. Of course, the Hearts Advertiser is the place to, to keep an eye on the developments of these sorts of things. And and yeah, the, the, this protest group or whatever they're they're calling themselves. Um, it, Stop LNG, I think it is. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. You see, so so I mean, straight away, it's incredibly adverse adversarial, mm. isn't it? So yeah. they're, they're just there to stop it, not necessarily to improve it, to help it, to shape it. Because mm. are these things not also an inevitability? Yeah, yeah, they're not going to. They're not going to no. stop it, are they? No, there'll be. I, I imagine there'll be. You know, the, there'll be something there, even if it's not on this scale. And then yeah. people go, "Oh, well, at least it's you know, it's not five hundred fifty homes. It's only four hundred fifty, or, or some similar." You know. Well, and maybe that's part of the long game that that the protesters are forming. Maybe they they don't want to stop it, but but if you head off trying to stop it, maybe they can get the number of homes reduced, and then maybe they think, Do you know what, we're we're okay with that. I don't know. Maybe it's all part of a, a cleverer strategy than I can see. But it just seems to me it's not. They're not going to stop it. They no. might delay it, but they're not going to stop it. And and would it not be better to try to help shape it to make it something that would be suitable? Yeah, who knows? What do I know? Anyway, more from Matt in a moment. We're back with Anna from Communities First. Now, Anna, you've got um, a couple of uh, courses coming up that you think will be of interest to our listeners. Yes, so our first workshop we've got coming up on the 12th of October is a Know Your Energy workshop. Um, It's about focusing on energy and explaining what is happening in the energy market how it's affecting clients 
you'll get an understanding of the differences between fixed and variable tariffs and whether clients should be switching energy companies. We also aim to cover an update on the financial help that the government is providing, along with an explanation of priority services register. Tips on using less energy and other savings clients might be able to make will also be discussed. Okay. Can I just establish what you mean by clients here? Are you talking about um, you're talking about voluntary organisations, not volunteers. Is that would that be so right? So anyone, anyone who has an interest in needing some support in energy. So it could be um, volunteers, it could be general public, it could be organisations. It's it's anyone that just wants some more information on energy. Okay, um, and so you said that's the twelfth of October. Uh, what time is that? It's between eleven and twelve p.m. Okay. Um, and it's on Zoom. Right. Okay, that's the next question. Where is it? <laughs> okay, so so it starts at 11, it's online, and it's on Wednesday the 12th of October. And uh, if you want to take part in that, do you have to register in advance? Yes, please do. Um, the registration link will be in the description. Um Okay, yep, that's via your website, communitysfirst.org.uk. Yes. And yes, the, the link's in the episode notes right now and also on our website, stalbanspodcast.com. Uh, what was the other course then? You said you had two. Yes, so the other course is a, another Anybody Can Volunteer workshop. So it's about um, those that might wish to take their first step towards volunteering. It's now a long session on Zoom that aims to answer how, the where, the why, the when, the what of volunteering um, and how to how you, we can help at Communities First, an understanding of what volunteering is, what sort of roles there are, how it affect, might affect benefits, um, how to find out what roles there are and identify the skills you've got. So it's basically for anybody who is looking or has an interest in volunteering and would just like some more information okay uh, when is this course this is on november the 2nd at 11 a.m to 12 p.m that's uh, november the 2nd uh, and uh whereabouts is this one this is on zoom as well so if you site register on um the through the website you'll then get all the details needed okay and again the link for that course anyone can volunteer uh, is in the uh, the episode notes and on our website uh, at stalbanspodcast.com uh, so yes you can find on that and that's, that's uh, november the 2nd from 11 a.m and it's an hour and it's online so uh, hopefully that should be fairly straightforward if it's something you want to get involved with and and yeah for, for some people they may never have thought about volunteering before and perhaps it would help them understand a bit more about what what it, volunteering entails but but more importantly how rewarding it can be exactly exactly so it aims to answer all those questions and and give information great um, anna thank you so much for coming on and uh, for sharing these opportunities with us anna uh, works very hard along with a great team of people um for communities first and uh, and we're, we're so grateful for what you do how you bring different organizations together within our community how you match up volunteers to the organizations and how you support and keep them all going so thank you for that and thank you for sharing with us each month and uh, we look forward to hearing from you again around about the same time next month 
Look forward oh, sorry, to it. There's one more. So I'm rounding off. You had one more thing you wanted to say, didn't you? I'm I so did. sorry. <laughs> my, my, go on, do it now. That's fine. We'll, 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 you know, let's do that. You wanted to talk about a member organisation opportunity. Yes. So um, Avon, our communities first, we advertise opportunities for our member organisations and we thought we'd bring one to highlight to your listeners today, which is Rennie Grove's retail volunteer at their shop in victoria street so they are looking for volunteers that would like to make a difference um by working in a busy retail environment to local patients with life limiting and their families they're looking for volunteers who'd like to join their friendly friendly team and learn great communication skills and teamwork skills so you can find more information about that either by visiting our website or contacting us via telephone or email um, and you can come in and see us on a Tuesday at the Civic Centre Hub um, but it's best to contact us to make an appointment to do that. Okay and those details will be again there in the uh, episode notes right now and again on our website centalbanspodcast.com but if you're interested in helping Rennie Grove uh, in their charity shop at the top of Victoria Street then do get in touch and uh, so many people I'm aware of helping charity shops and, and, and thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, and so if it's something that you've uh, you, you've thought about, you know, give it a bit more thought. Go online, mm-hmm. have a look um, and, and find out more. And uh, and if necessary, pop in on Tuesdays, did you yes. say, in the community hub. But do get in touch first to, 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 to ask uh, for more information before you do that. Right. Now we're done. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thanks for everything. And, uh, and yet yeah, we will catch you around about the same time next month. See you next month. Hi, I'm Elspeth Jackman, inviting you to listen to my podcast, One to One with Elspeth. Find a local person with a story, and I'll be there to draw out all those little details you want to know about. If I'm fascinated, so will you be. Each week, I'll be talking to an interesting character who has a tale to tell. And the beauty of it is, you can listen whenever you want to. To find the podcast, go to your podcasting platform of choice and search for the St. Albans Podcast. Alternatively, go to stalbanspodcast.com slash Elspeth. That's one-to-one with Elspeth, part of the St. Albans Podcast in association with the Hearts Advertiser. You never know, you could be my next guest. All right, she may hear. One final news story. I'm tempted to keep that in. One final <laughs> news story now from Matt Adams from the Hearts Advertiser. Matt. Right. Well, um, a bit of a shock for customers of the Waffle House in St. Michael's Village. Um, they've been served in enforcement notice and told, well, they, in fact, they've already done it. They've had to take down their marquee, the outdoor seating area, heated outdoor seating area, um, because um, apparently it's blocking the view of the grade two listed watermill, the uh, Kingsby watermill. Um, and they're saying this is going to have a massive effect on their um, custom because, you know, that accommodates about 62% of their business. And, you know, overnight they're, they're losing all that, that clientele. They can't get ca- um, cater for everyone inside. This has been in place for 20 years, this outdoor seating area. And they're saying, you know, that, they're, you know, the future is, is very grim, to be, to be fair. Now, um, we've spoken to, spoke to the district council about this and they said 
there was never any planning permission for this marquee. Um, and they've had um, complaints from a community group. They haven't said who it was. And so they had to start an enforcement investigation. Uh, as it was a breach of the law, they had to serve a notice ordering its removal. And there have been various appeals against that. Uh, and now it's had to come down. Now, um, I would have thought there was, you know, the fact it'd been up there 20 years is sort of, you know, if you build something on your house without planning permission and it's there that amount of time, they can't then order you to, t- to knock it down. So I'm surprised that that's, that's, this has been the outcome. But the council are saying, you know, they're trying to work with the, um, the owners on coming up with, um, you know, uh, an alternative uh, option. So maybe an extension that would be keeping with its listed building status. Uh, I gather that they had explored previously um, some kind of conservatory where if it was glass, you would that would not impinge upon the view of the building in mm-hmm. the same way that mm-hmm. a marquee does. But I gather that they were kind of told that that was probably a non-starter by the yeah, council. Yeah, I'm not really sure what they can do because it's, you know, this the view of the watermill is supposed to be, you know, sacrosanct. Um, but the thing is, you know, but before they, t- they moved in about 40 years ago, in fact, it was 40 years ago, it was, you know, largely derelict and they'd done loads to restore the building and everything. So it's almost worked against them, really, because now it... it you know, it's something that people want to see. And, you know, where, I don't know where they could put anything that would allow that to happen. Well, so I see that their their public statement mentions that they are putting outside tables and um, parasols and, and outdoor yeah, heaters but, out you know, instead. You see, see what it's like today? It's well, like pouring rain. Yeah, quite. That's you know. that's going to be seasonal, isn't it? <laughs> yes. that's, you know, people aren't necessarily going to brave that all year round. And um, and also, that may not replace the number of seats that they could have had. No, because it was, it was very a very big marquee and you could get you know, a lot of tables in there. Um, it was almost like a sort of a, a you know a sort of weddingy feel in terms of the amount of people that were crammed in there. Mm. But that you know they, you know that was their business, and you know for twenty years they've been doing that, and it's just you know overnight it's that's gone. Yeah, and I mean if that if that reduces the number of do they call it covers in a mm, restaurant? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if that suddenly reduced the number of covers, that could make the business very difficult to sustain. Yes, which then could in turn mean that the building be, could become vacant, and then would go back to maybe eventually becoming derelict. And who wins then? Yeah, I know it's I crazy. Know. And whoever's objecting to this. Yeah, it's going to be some um, residents' association who, you know, probably would, you know, had a bad lunch there or something. <laughs> yeah, it, it, but it's it's so disappointing, isn't it? That um, surely, again, with so many things like this, we say the same thing. Surely, there was some middle ground somewhere that that there might be a way of, I don't know, having a more transparent marquee. Um, that, you know, that 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 then allows so much more exposure to the yeah. to the building than yeah. than a covered completely covered one I, I i don't know but if the council don't do something you know it's all well and good them paying lip service oh we're going to work with them on, on on that i know i know it's it's how and what you know yeah. what exactly you can come up with you think what saint michael's village used to be it wasn't that long ago when you had about six pubs mm-hmm. in in the village and the yeah, waffle was house and was it the red Lu- no the black Horse was it? Black horse. One opposite. There was the blue anchor. Yeah. One opposite that. I can't remember. What it was black lion, black horse, something like that. I can't remember now. But, uh, but another one you mean? Yeah. It was sort of like the hotel thing on the corner, wasn't it? Yeah. And the other one's shut down. Um, it hasn't reopened. The Rose and Crown. Yeah. It's still not reopened. Yeah. Um, so you know that is 
you know a lot of them have disappeared yeah and the waffle house is a, is an institution it's been it, you know people will travel there for it mm. i mean it, it's it's got to be on a similar par to the the fighting cocks in terms yeah. of you know the, the the prestige within within the local mm. community and and how it's known from further afield yeah. Uh, yeah and 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 yeah i mean it oh wouldn't it just be devastating if 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 this impacted the the, the you know the, their business and their yeah. sustainability well, it will do it will do uh, and you know whatever happens it's something you know an alternative is going to take a long time to be you know built or you know added on or whatever they do mm. and that's going to all that throughout that whole process they're losing money now this is a slightly broader thing but is there an issue as well with the way we as residents in St Albans uh, you know um, use these sorts of places you know how 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 often we we, we go to them um, whether or not we we should be supporting initiatives to help save them in different ways because I you know for all the people who, who write online about how sad it is that another pub's closed mm-hmm. they'll all be queuing up for when the new one opens yeah uh, you yeah. know and, and we seem to be slowly getting more and more big corporate chain uh, establishments opening and I can only imagine that that must be putting a devastating strain on the the local smaller pubs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, if it's it's all very good thinking, oh, you know, someone else would take it over, but then you forget about the human in, impact on that. You know, somewhere like the Hare and Hounds in um, yeah, you know, uh, Sopwell, which is it, you know had to close. Uh, well, the, the the landlords had to hand back the keys. They've got yeah. someone else in there now, but. You know that that was someone that was there for you know many many years investing in that in that business. Mm. Yeah, and and struggling to make it work. Yeah, and and what's to say that the new person isn't going to face the same very same struggle? Yeah. And and yeah. we we do. There's so many pubs like the Hare and Hounds that we've lost mm. over the years. I know. And uh, and yet you look at our you look at St Peter's Street and you see a Weatherspoons, you see the Albans Well, mm. you see the Beach House, you see these these big sort of soulless corporate type places that that are are springing up and. I, I guess there's a place in the market for everyone, but you know, are people thinking that like when they're queuing for the the new place that will be opening soon, you know, they're they're not drinking in in one of the smaller little yeah. pubs. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you, it, I don't know. I, do, I just I just sort of think you know that there's a way that maybe we can support these things better, and maybe we need to think a bit about when these big new ones come sweeping in. You know, what are we happy to see that at the expense of the small local yes. ones that give us character? Yes, exactly. Anyway, there you go. Um, that could well upset some of the people because some of the people <laughs> involved in some of those bigger places might say we're very community orientated. We're large oh, employers. Sure, yeah, I'm sure they are. Yeah, but it's a, it's a you know it's a very different business model. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah. If you have a strong opinion on that, the Hearts Advertiser Letters page would love to hear from you. Uh, you can email them. Uh, they have an email address. It's is it heartsad at newsquest.co.uk? That's it. Uh, there you go we have to learn a new one um, but uh, th- yes do, do get in touch uh, if you do have a view on that um, and I'm sure Matt and the team would love to hear from you uh, thanks Matt thanks right. also to uh, Anna from Communities First for, uh, for for sharing those volunteering opportunities next week on the podcast we have our literary correspondent Claire Hobber talking all about mythical books oh. I don't think it's going to be the sort of thing you're into I'm afraid no I, I imagine think- it's the sort of you know the uh, like the necro- uh, Necronomicon in H.P. Lovecraft, that sort of thing. You know what? You're absolutely wrong. No, yeah. I think it's Greek mythology. Ah. I think it's, it's <laughs> sort of that sort of historical. Not made-up books within fiction. <laughs> no. 
No. <laughs> but that, that's, there's, a, there's a subgenre all of its own. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, yeah, so Clay will be with us next week. Uh, Howard Linsky's back with the film guide, the old, uh, old Three Books Howard, as he's known. Yeah. And he's in this week's Well in Hatfield Times. Oh, he'll be pleased. Full-page feature on his uh, Diana Bodyguard book. Yeah, I can't believe in September he published three books. No. He had that book, he had a thriller, and he had, I think, a children's book. Mm-hmm. I said, are you doing that for October as well? And I think he's taking a breather. Um, but anyway, he, he's worried he's going to become well in Garden City's answer to Barbara Cartland, number of books he's knocking out. But uh, anyway, yes, uh, hear Howard on the Film Guide on Friday uh, on the St. Albans Podcast Network. Uh, find out more about us on uh, the social media channels. Uh, we're Facebook, Twitter and Instagram uh, and we're at St. Albans Podcast and also our website, stalbanspodcast.com. Do you want to say farewell to the dear listener? Au revoir. Thanks for listening to this edition of the St. Albans Podcast with Danny Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or a podcast platform of your choice. This will help us reach more listeners. Join us, the St. Albans Podcast, next Wednesday for more news, views and reviews. In the meantime, commit no nuisance. Produced by Samantha Rolfe. Logo and artwork by David Ellis. This is an independent production in association with the Hearts Advertiser. If you would like to become a community partner or a sponsor of the podcast, please visit stalbanspodcast.com for more details.